Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. Hey, well, let's get right into this today, it being Halloween. It's only fitting that we remember the word hallow, hallowed be your name. And the contrast of this holy God wanting to come down and be present where things are so broken. It is quite contrary for us to even fathom. So when we say hallowed, what we're saying is that God's name alone, not even what he does, a lot of times we think of his qualities or his characteristics, but that his name alone is just like a showstopper. It is so holy. Yahweh, it stops us in our tracks. Our family, we, uh, you know, you, your prayer closet might look a little bit more elaborate than ours, but when Jesus said pray like this, we kind of follow suit and that's how we pray. So in Matthew 6, it says, pray like this, our Father in heaven. So we repeat this as a family together in the morning. Hallowed be your name. Come on, kids. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is probably not in this translation exactly, but give us this day our daily bread. It is. And forgive us of our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then later was added, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. That's our prayer in the morning. And then we add kind of a modified Jabez to it, like enlarge our territory, have your hand upon us, keep us from evil, bless us indeed, and let us hear from heaven. Takes about 30 seconds, but my favorite part of it is that the focus is on what God is and who he is, not on me. We lift him up. Hallowed be your name. He is so holy. He is so set apart. We can't even fathom the sacredness of God. So sacred. How can a holy, perfect God choose to be associated with me and you in our brokenness? The question we have to ask ourselves is this. When do we walk in holiness? So if God is holy, and when do we get close to brokenness? I think you probably know the answer. It's always. We can always walk in holiness and still care about showing up where the wild things are. On Halloween, some might seem this is the most uh, wild day, but let's remember the heartbeat of Jesus. Look at Luke chapter 5. After this, Jesus went out and he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. Jesus is recruiting those outside of the religious sect. This is a game changer. He's recruiting outcasts. He's recruiting those who are uh, even an extension of oppression from Roman rule that are getting over on the people. Now, not all of them. Not, I'm sure there's good tax collectors, for the, but for the most part, their tax collecting is a bad rep. If you've ever been in collection when you get the phone call, if you've ever been behind and had a debt collector call you, whoa, you're not going to leave that phone call and be like, man, I want you to be on my team. In fact, they're so good at their job, they make you feel horrible. You're so wicked. 
You didn't pay X, Y, Z, right? So leaving everything behind, he got up and he began to follow him. Then Levi hosted a grand banquet for him at his house. Now there was also a large crowd of tax collectors and others who were reclining at the table with them. But the Pharisees and their scribes were complaining to his disciples. Now, Pharisees get too bad of a rap. I think we, if we went in church for a little while, sometimes we'll be like, the Pharisees and I'm with Jesus. I would say, not so fast, my friend. It's very possible that we would be in that crowd and in our sin nature, we are in that crowd, but that's where Christ steps in. He wants to invite us in. And they're complaining to his disciples. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Don't you know the holy way? Don't you know how awesome God is? Jesus replied to them. Please lean into this. It is not those who are healthy who need a doctor, but those who who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. There's something about God majoring on brokenness. There's something about that the heartbeat of heaven is to show up where people are sick. And when Christ found me, I got this. But the longer I walk this out, it's not native for me to want to go where broken things are. It has to then be a choice for me. Because, you guys, it's a lot of work. When you start to get fixed up and, you know, it's a lot of work. But then if you remember, though, this is what Christ wants to do. So hallowed be your name. And might I add this, and wild is the way. It's wild. Jesus wants to be where the wild things are. Where people would see, oh, that's gross, that's a bunch of sin, that's wicked. No, that's where we step in. We're the city set on a hill. We are light. We are salt. So to give us five things to really uh, think about today on this Halloween day. One, association is not agreement. Let's just get personal for a minute. I've been in the car with people, and they're going through a lot of uh, they're just going through some serious sin. And I've had people walk up to me before and be like, well, I thought you were signing off on their sin because you were with them. It's a grave mistake. I'm not afraid to be associated with them. But just because I'm with them doesn't mean I agree with what they're doing. Christ was not afraid to be associated with me in my sin, in my wickedness. Church, we care too much about our image? You know, like, to be associated. But just because I'm associated doesn't mean I agree. I mean, Christ with the woman caught in adultery, that's the famous moment. He's not afraid to be associated with her. And in fact, he says, hey, anyone, if you don't have sin, cast the first stone. But dang. What a rebuttal. Everyone kind of goes away. And then he tells her, hey, I don't agree. Go and sin no more. 
There's a filter that uh, I don't know who gets full credit for, but where I heard it first was John Piper, is reject, redeem, or receive. There is times where you just reject evil. Come on. Call a spade a spade. But then there's elements where this Disney film, we might be able to redeem qualities of it. Or you could just simply receive something. That this isn't by nature evil or uh, holy, that God just made it, i.e. maybe food. And I think the reasoning that applies here, uh, Lecrae captures it pretty good when he thinks about should Christians celebrate Halloween? Because if you came to church today looking for a rule book, like yes, no, tell me the step-by-step, there, there is no step-by-step. Sometimes it's both and. You got to wrestle. Sometimes there's seasons to run from and there's seasons to run to, but the heart of heaven always love runs too. Now, for me, I, I don't find myself, I know medical marijuana is, you know, it is, it is growing in the city, in case anybody didn't know. I mean, there's people here, you, you, might, you might find yourself uh, showing up there six times a week. That's fine, but I, for this, know me, I don't have a reason to partake smoking weed currently. Why? I used to, and I saw what had happened to me, right? So I personally don't witness inside the weed shops. I know that's a silly example, but why? Here's why. Because I know that my temptation sometimes is too strong that it didn't edify me. It might edify someone else. I'm not, uh, I have room for that in my theology. But for myself, it was a stumbling block. For myself, it didn't lead me to Christ. So I don't find myself there all the time. But I know this. There was a kid at school the other day. He walks in. He was reeking like weed. I mean, just reeking. I don't think he has a medical marijuana card. And, uh, and he looks at me. He goes, Jerome, what up? And I go, come here. And I just held him super close. Because in that moment, even though there's many times when I need to run away from that smell, that wasn't the moment. You feel it? So you got to wrestle. you got to reason yourself. When do you reject? When do you receive? When do you redeem? Uh, check this video out. It might keep the wheels turning. Celebrate Halloween. Well, let's be clear. I am no expert on Halloween, but I do think I can handle this question. When I think about Halloween, I think about all the people who say, man, there's so many demonic elements to it, you know, ghouls and ghosts and killing and scary stuff. And why would you even want to entertain that? And I can totally see that. You know what I'm saying? Like that part um, definitely makes a lot of sense to me. Like, why would I want to celebrate horror and murder and killing and demon activity? I wouldn't. So when I look at the origin or the history of Halloween, I, I found out that it's kind of rooted in you know, this Celtic holiday where people would dress up to ward off evil spirits. And it's even been integrated into some religious circles as a time in like Jewish culture where there's praying for those who've passed away. Um, it's been integrated with, even like the Pope declared it like a national holiday at one point in time, Pope Gregory the Third, I believe it is, that it was a time, you know, for the saints to, you know, come together in prayer. So I think there are some religious aspects to it. And over the years, I think that's just been kind of mixed up and meshed up with different ideologies. Like a big game of telephone where you tell somebody, hey, pass this message. And then the message at the end of the, the, the situation is something completely different than how it started. The only thing that is bad, rocks aren't bad, trees aren't bad, because when God made those things, they're good. They're inherently good. 
What's bad is the hearts of men and women, right? Because we have fallen short of God's glory. And so we are the ones who are kind of like corrupted. And so we corrupt things. So things aren't bad. People have a nature that corrupts them, that makes them bad, ultimately. And I think that's what we're looking at. So for me, I look at, is it redeemable? And also like, man, sometimes I think we let you know, Satan have stuff that ultimately belongs to us in the first place. It's like skulls and bones. Like skulls aren't evil, but I think we think they are because that's we've allowed the culture to say skulls are evil. When I got a skull in my head and God says I'm wonderfully and fearfully made. So that means my skull is as well. And I think we need to redeem it and use it in a way that says, no, it belongs to us and we can use it how we want to use it. A butcher knife like aimed like this is like a murder weapon. Jason's coming to get you. But if you flip it, and carve a turkey and serve the those without homes, now it's a redeemable thing. So I do feel like we can redeem things. And when I, uh, I, Yeah, yeah. I, I, okay, be a little vulnerable. I I kinda early on with walking with Jesus, I'm definitely not like the skull skull and crossbones shirt type of guy. Uh, it still kind of weirds me out personally because I was in such a such profound sin that anything that even kind of symbolically is anti-sacred, I, I, I just, out of a religious spirit, will run from, or like legalism sometimes. But if I think about it logically, a skull and crossbones is exactly true what he said. The devil should not get props. <laughs> that could be a science shirt. Learn more about your anatomy and biology and... <laughs> The skull and your bones and how you're fearfully and wonderfully made. So we might have to redeem and to think of that for a moment, that hallowed be your name. But yet the fullness of heaven comes down in Jesus. And he comes close and he is accused as a friend of sinners. Look at this, Matthew 11. To what should I compare this generation? It's like children sitting in the marketplaces who call out to other children. We played the flute for you, but you didn't dance. We sang a lament, but you didn't mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking. And they said he has a demon. This is powerful because you're going to see two different methodologies. John the Baptist, separate. Part of like the Dead Sea sect, many would say, that he's separate, not even partaking of any skull and crossbones type shirts or way or behavior, totally separate. And yet, people said he has a demon. But the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. Commentary puts it in the NIV um, study commentary. It says, a glutton and a drunkard of Jesus who ate with sinners and tax collectors lived a life that was very much the opposite of John's life. This accusation by Jesus' opponents reveals just how obviously threatening Jesus' kingdom was to the social customs and the cleanliness boundaries of many first century Jewish groups. Again, association does not mean agreement. So as I'm close to people, number two, wild is the way, but hallowed be your name, maybe we are, need to be a, 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 a thermometer, not a thermostat. 
Maybe you've heard that. I love that. Because when you're in a room, do you change the temperature or do you just state the temperature? But you got to be in a room where things are messed up. You got to be in a room where, where it, it, it's a little crazy. One of the barbers I'd go to, like, things would get crazy there. And the language would get very vulgar. And they would know, okay, here's the pastor. Let's try to poke. And how far can we go with this dude? But there came a time, though, where I had to say, hey, enough's enough. But there was other times they were just doing that to see if I would take the bait. And just by me being there, I was able to be a thermometer. Don't ever discount your witness. Shout out to, I won't say his full name, but we, uh, shout out to Adam. Adam was in a, uh, uh, went to our high school and he played on the football team. He used to carry his Bible everywhere. And I remember just him carrying his Bible, we'd ask him, dude, what are you doing? But it was years later that it spoke to me. Ah, oh, remember him? Wow. He was really showing us the way. It could be your witness today that years later somebody sees. Be a thermometer. There's a ministry movement called the Triple X Church. And they would go to adult film conferences. And you might hear that at first and be like, what is a church doing going to adult film conferences? But the more I learned about their ministry... One, not everybody could just go. You had to go through rigorous training. <laughs> they had times of prayer and fasting, and they never went alone. But then hearing the testimonies of women and men's lives who were changed just because they were present where it looked like it was wild. If that's an extreme example, I am trying to illuminate that I think that that is how aggressive Christ's campaign is. Now today, if we had a strip club ministry, I'm not signing up for it. I just don't think that's the grace on my life. So some dudes might be like, that's my, that's my ministry. Are you sure? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that's my ministry. Are you sure? But are we sure that that is not ministry? Are we sure that Jesus wouldn't be there first? This is challenging to me. Not in a way that feels heavy, please. But just in a one that says, i got to open up my heart to the God of the universe, of what he wants to do to get close where Halloween is. Number three, remember where you came from, and you won't forget what your purpose is. Your purpose is to be like Jesus. It is to seek and to save that which is lost. It is to not come for the healthy, but for the sick. That's why blessed are the poor. When people are broken, maybe externally, or they don't have enough, or they've reached the dead end of themselves, sometimes their spirit's a lot more open. We get to be there for those moments. And I, um, you'd think I remember where I came from. But the more I pursued ministry, it seemed like the further away I got from where the wild things were. And I remember I was in New York listening to uh, Hillsong New York uh, uh, sermon. And I know Hillsong's made the news for a, a slew of things, but I, 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 don't, I, I don't know about them internally. Externally, I do know this, that their ministries radically impacted me in a profound, positive way. And the uh, moment there, I was sitting in the back and 
it was I mean, lines out the door. I don't know. There was like several services that day, right? You know, people flying in because, you know, here's this kind of cutting edge ministry. And I don't know why people were there. I know we were there just to, you know, learn something that day. And I was asking God, teach me something that reminds me of your heartbeat. And pastor shares a story where they have uh, what is known as there's this Rucker Park League, this basketball park, which is infamous. And they ha- there's a, a basketball, I, I, I can't remember how they call it. It's basically like the best of the best league. And Hillsong had a team there. And, they, and this league had went on for about 30 years. And Rucker Park precedes even that. There's highlights. You can go back. You could look at Dr. J. There's so many. I grew up wanting to play at Rucker Park. My cousin's in New York, and he sent me a picture of it. He's like, look, I'm outside Rucker Park. And um, I've never shot a ball in Rucker Park, but Rucker Park has been a dream, an iconic symbol in my life. So as soon as he said Rucker Park, I'm leaning in. And then he goes, and we got a, a, a church team in the league that has never had a church team in that league before. And I started weeping because I knew exactly what that meant. Rucker Park had been there for decades. The league had been there for decades. But this was the first time the church had a team there, maybe because we forgot where we came from. And I'm not saying that the strength is in our works. I'm not saying that we got to go out there and do everything. I'm just saying it seems a little obvious that we would be present wherever wherever there's just people. And I was just weeping because I was like, God, I think I forgot where I come from. I need to remember the alleys. I need to remember the dead ends. I need to remember the trailer park. I need to remember where you took me from. I need to remember. I got to remember. And if when we remember, we won't forget that our purpose is to go out there and love people. That's why Jesus said it's not the healthy who need a doctor. It's those who are sick. And Rucker Park isn't a case study we look at. The inner city is not something we look at. Where things are wild, they aren't something we look at. Strip clubs aren't something we just look at. These, these are people. People aren't projects. And people are what God cares about most. Friend, Christian, I wonder if we carry a spirit of condemnation more than transformation. Because God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Look at John 3 here. But to save the world through him, anyone who believes in him is not condemned. But anyone who does not believe is already condemned. This is key. If someone doesn't believe in Jesus, their load is already so heavy. They don't need me and you to be sin police. They're already carrying so much. They're carrying so much just by denying the only name that can save them. Their sin condemns them already. They're just waiting for us to do the same. What about when they come in smelling like weed and we just pull them a little closer? Now, hearing this, you might be challenged thinking, I don't even know where to begin. It always starts in our heart. Number four, let's give hallowed help for the hallowed soul. So many people want to know that there's a perfect God that wants to fill that empty space in their life. You might be here today and you're like, man, that's why I'm here. I believe God's spirit 
is here to turn mourning into dancing. Trade ashes for his beauty. Graves into gardens. That's what he does. When the worship team was singing that, that's what they were talking about. Now, to be the temple like they were singing, we got to give God full control. I remember I was sitting with a pastor, and he said, I started talking to God that I noticed I noticed women were attractive, and I just started asking God, why do I notice this? <laughs> and I thought that was so neat. It invited me in to, to give better language to start saying, how do I let God have a conversation with me about whatever temptation or distraction might take place? For you, it could be lust. For you, it could be anger. It could be not even dealing with grief. It could be bitterness or unforgiveness. Maybe even doubt. All you do is read the Psalms. You'll see there's a lot of doubt. Why, God? Why? 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 But then at the end, I praise you. Hallowed be your name. Your steadfast love. You're perfect. Because all individual discovery, I believe, will lead us back to God. It will. So number five, the last thing today to kind of highlight on Halloween. Worship team, if you guys could come up, is say something. You may watch God save someone. If you knew there was a cure for somebody's life-threatening disease they'd been diagnosed with, and let's say they only have like a month to live, but you had the cure, would you tell them? I know we're in a day and age, right, where the church has said a lot and not done a lot. We advocate here at City Life where love the city truck is good works, goodwill, good news. So we don't just come out there and we're like, look, uh, Jesus saves, you know, signs, not knocking it, but that's just not what we're doing. We're out there, hey, look, we're going to do good work. We love people. We're going to create goodwill in people's hearts, but don't get it twisted. There is good news. We got to say something. This is our opportunity every day is to tell somebody, hey, Jesus loves you. But are we okay with being embarrassed? I don't know. I don't know if they'll receive this message. Christ, he sends the disciples out. If they don't receive it, go to the next home. As I was preparing this this week, I kept thinking, I'm not sure I'm saying enough. I'm not sure I'm going out enough. And I didn't feel forced to, I felt compelled to. Like when I go to Meyer and I shop and I look, you ever stop and just look at people? You see the single mom in the, the aisle, she's checking out and just worked maybe two shifts and scanning her own stuff now, right? scanning her stuff and just trying to get through the day and then see one line that's a little longer. Maybe someone's frustrated. See someone cut through somebody. And all these are people that apart from knowing Jesus, if they breathe their last breath, they will be separated from God forever. Now salvation's burden does not fall on me or you. 
what planting and watering does. God makes it grow. God makes it grow. What would stop us from saying something? I, I, I think a few things. Shame. Well, I'm not perfect. How could I ever preach at somebody? If you're waiting to get perfect, you'll never preach. You'll never say something. Maybe that's what people are looking for. Hey, I am probably the worst person to tell you because I'm dealing with X, Y, Z. <laughs> but I just want to tell you, I believe Jesus came. He lived a sinless life. He died on the cross for me and you. And that when we put our faith in him because he rose from the dead, we're made brand new. That there isn't anything you've done that's too scary. God wants to be associated with you. And then from that place, he'll transform you. He'll lead you. He'll show you who he is. And we can study the scriptures and they come alive, but they only come alive in Jesus. Our purpose is to say something. Some of you, you're doing a great job of maybe saying something to, in your home. Maybe you're doing a great job of saying something at work. Or other, others of us, we're feeling like, man, I wish I would say something more. Today is an invitation. An invitation not to have to share, but an invitation to say, you know what? I want to give God full control and I want to be in tune in when and where he wants to utilize me. I want to have more of his heart that he wants to be associated with what is deemed as forgotten. That there's only one message that matters at the end of our life. There's only one message that can turn mourning to dancing. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's it. That's it. That's it. I believe the Holy Spirit's here asking us to just say, what do you want me to do, God? That's it. Not what do you want, Jerome? What do you, what do you want me to do in my sphere? What does that look like? And then to be willing to say, man, God, Send me. I want to say something. I don't want to forget what you care about, which is people, people that are sick. If you close your eyes for a moment and kind of take inventory. Have you forgot? Maybe you're here and you've never made Jesus your Lord. Today's the day. Are you dealing with insecurity? You think God could never use you? When God says yes, you don't need another yes. It's more than enough. be your name, God. And I thank you that you came down and you found us. You found us. Dead in sin, but you didn't leave us that way.
God, we ask for more of your heart for this city. We ask for more of your heart for our family. We ask for more of your heart for our jobs. We don't want to miss the purpose that you came to seek and to save that which is lost. And so we partner up with your mindset. We partner up with your heartbeat. We thank you that you're doing all the heavy lifting. You're the strong ox. You're doing all the work. Let's sing. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. To get connected, learn more, and invest financially, go to citylifelansing.com.